So just so you know, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it died. <laughs> I'm good. Well, Thanks for alarm. warning me. <laughs> fossil alarm, we're okay. <laughs> uh, let's try that again. everybody and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Danielle. I'm Sam. And this is the podcast where one of us finds a strange piece of media and shares it with the other person who has no experience or knowledge of it. So in honor of Shark Week, which is next week, we are doing a little run of shark movies and I get to go first. I have the honor of going first. And what an honor it is. <laughs> it's such an honor. And I did a lesser known shark film, but still really, really good. I highly recommend this movie to everybody. What movie, Danielle? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is called Bait or Bait 3D, but generally known as Bait. Wait, it's wait, a wait. Two this was a 3D movie? I will get into that, actually. Uh -oh. Details. Okay. <laughs> so I'm jumping the gun. I'm just very excited. Jumping the so, shark. <laughs> jumping the shark. Bait is a 2012 Australian-Singaporean film. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's apparently the first Australian-Singaporean co-production ever. And it was one of the first 3D movies in Australia. Wait, and they didn't like have a run of 3D movies in like the 70s? They had. It's like, it was one of the first 3D movies that ran with like this new technology. And it was like, a, it was kind of a big deal 3D movie. Oh, okay. Well, I hope it lives up to that pedigree. And my understanding from some of the articles I read is that Singapore had been wanting to have more international alliances with their media. So they'd reached out to Australia to get this movie. So this was their, their first collaboration together. So it didn't do as well in Australia, but it was actually quite a success overseas. Interestingly enough, it made $24 million in China, I think. It was like, it did it pretty, pretty well. And though we're using this for book retorts, it is actually a pretty decent movie. Overall, they, they tried their best. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good for a shark movie. I would watch it again. Book Retorts is not bad movies. Have we been over yes, this? Yes, it's not bad movies, but it is often very um, convoluted or weird movies. And there are definitely yes. some convoluted and weird scenes in this. But it's a, definitely a really good group watch if you were in the mood for a sh shark movie. Oh, okay. And they used a mix of animatronic and CGI sharks. And they should have just stuck with the animatronics, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, CGI is by far the worst part of this movie when they have it. The animatronics are actually quite decent. Oh. So without further ado, let's jump in here. So just to set the okay. scene. <laughs> wait, wait, don't I get a summary? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because I was going to read the summary out loud and I was like, wait. That, not your job, Danielle. <laughs> don't ruin my fun. So Sam, I just sent you a summary of the movie if you want to go ahead and read that. Oh, I'm very excited. Let's see here. A group of people get trapped in a supermarket after a tsunami hits the coast of Queensland, Australia. But they soon find out that they have more to worry about than being in a flooded grocery store. There are 12-foot sharks swimming around them, and they're hungry. Dun, dun, dun! That summary got me. I'll be honest. When it opened with grocery store, I'm like... What? How are sharks in a grocery store? Not through some nonsensical plot machiavelliations. <laughs> Say machiavelliations. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> New word. Great word. 
Okay, so this movie, Bait, starts with your standard Jaws-esque every shark movie beach scene. There is a hungover man, he's sleeping in a car, and he gets woken up by a lifeguard who's a friend of his. He is also a lifeguard, the man that's hungover in the car. So lifeguards, got it. Yes, they're lifeguards. The man in the car is named Josh, and he's hungover from an engagement party with the friend's sister. So he's getting married to the friend's sister. So he's at an engagement party, he's marrying his fellow lifeguard friend's sister, and they just had a big old party. Yes, and he's hung over in his car on the beach. And the friend's name is Rory. I'm not going to give you the names of all these characters. There are actually quite a few characters in this movie. I'm probably going to reference them as their archetype or something, just to keep them all straight. I will remember the names anyway, I so know. who cares? But Josh is the main <laughs> character, so I'm going to give you that one. And Got I'll it, give you Josh. the names, but I'm just, I probably won't reference them every single time. So Rory wakes him up in the car, and Rory tells him it's time to check the buoy. But he sees that he's Except like... they don't say buoy in Australia. They say boy. Yeah, they have lots of interesting phrased words, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to watch just for that. And there's a wide range of Australian accents, which is fun too. Ooh. So Rory tells him it's time to check the buoy in the water, but sees that his friend's super hungover. So he just offers to do it for him, basically. Uh-oh. I know. Bad news bears. I mean, it's a shark movie. So... <laughs> <laughs> Josh gets out of the car, meets up with his fiance. Her name is Tina. So they're talking on the beach. And then there's one of those obligatory water level scenes where you can see all the people swimming and it keeps going under the water. So you can see their legs kicking, you know, like shark level. Yeah, yeah, of course. And there's the creepy music. And it keeps getting interspersed with these romantic scenes on the beach between Tina and Josh. Tina mentions that they're moving to Singapore after they get married. Not like telling Josh, but just as a plot point, they're supposed to oh, move to Singapore. Oh, there's the tie-in. And suddenly you go back to the water and you see this old man that's kind of like out swimming laps in the ocean. He's just just out there swimming. He suddenly gets pulled under about, I don't know, 20 feet away from the guy who's fixing the buoy, Rory. Uh-oh. Yeah, and Rory's not paying any attention. He's kind of like out doing his thing. So he's a really good lifeguard. Well, he's fixing the buoy, I guess. He's not like lifeguarding while he's fixing the buoy. <laughs> but no, he's like, like no attention. <laughs> Let him drown. So the lifeguard on the beach who's sitting up in the chair sees the guy get pulled under and he sets the alarm for the shark. So there's a huge alarm going off on the beach and everybody panics and is coming out of the water and Rory is too far out to hear the alarm. I guess it's a very quiet alarm. <laughs> what, what kind of useless alarm is that? I don't it know. works for everyone who's not in the water where the danger is. So uh, apparently he just he doesn't hear it. And Josh freaks out. You know, he's on the beach with Rory's sister and he takes the jet ski that the lifeguards use and he powers out to get Rory, who doesn't hear the alarm still. He's just still working on the buoy or floating in the water. And this amazing CGI super fake shark jumps up <laughs> and knocks Rory off his surfboard, like, directly towards the camera, because it's 3D. Wait, so. wait, he's on a surfboard? He was. He surfboarded. Sorry, I didn't reference that. He surfboarded out to he the buoy. I was on a buoy, and suddenly he not have a surfboard. You gotta... It's hard to explain all the things in a movie. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he's floating on a surfboard. He looks like a seal to the shark, I'm sure. Isn't that what they say about surfboards in the water? Oh, yeah, like boogie boards and surfboards, right? Yeah, so he's out there, you know, hanging out by the buoy, and the shark just jumps at the screen and knocks him off the board. And Josh reaches him. He almost saves him, but the shark pulls him under, and he, like, pops back out, and he's trying to grab him out of the water. And he's like, I've got you, I've got you! And then, very Titanic-esque, the uh, guy gets pulled under the water. There's blood everywhere, and he's like, no! 
Oh, that sounds really great. That sounds yeah. amazing. They're actually all almost the entire cast are quite good actors. It's just that some of the drama is a little over the top. And there's That's this, the best. Yeah, there's this fabulous scene because the, the gore in this movie, it's very like Scream-esque in that there's just these like really gory, almost funny scenes when stuff happens. And they show a shot of Rory floating away under the water with his legs bitten off and all this blood drifting around him. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Awesome. Yeah, and that cues the title sequence. Bait. What a weird name. Bait. Bait. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the thought process was there. Yeah, that, their thought process was Jaws was short <laughs> in one word, so. Bait, too. Bait. Most shark movies kind of have one word, don't they? Deep blue sea. Well, that's true. That's not a good example. But the Meg, <laughs> the Meg is short. It is, but it's also the Meg. It's true. I'm sure there are other, uh, there's lots of shark movies. Ghost shark. <laughs> Ghost shark. Two words. <laughs> You're not helping your case. But they're all like little phrases. I mean, no movie title is going to be a full sentence, Danielle. That's not a movie title word, but not all of them are just going to be a four-letter word. That's true. Well, it kind of references some stuff later in the plot, so maybe that was their, their concept. All right. Sure. So the title sequence finishes. It's a year later, and Josh, poor Josh, he's not doing too well. You know, his best friend died. His best friend, future brother-in-law. Yeah, he clearly like broke up with his girlfriend. That's not super present at first, but you kind of realize that as time goes on he's just he looks sad and depressed and oh okay well that's a good way to react to grief just push away the grieving sister slash fiance yeah it's it's not great so there is a news report going on in the background that's just talking about summer activities in the area and it reports that there's been no wind recently they're kind of in a doldrum and he goes off to work i don't think he's working as a lifeguard any longer he's now working in the supermarket so he goes off to work he passes some dogs who are howling very mysteriously chained up and they're just howling and howling dogs howl at sharks that's a well-known fact (laughs) it's not not because it's sharks (laughs) we'll get there oh i'm just so excited i want that shark back (laughs) and then they're very alfred hitchcock there are birds just like flying away from the coastline just mass amounts of blurred birds mass amounts of birds (laughs) and one almost hits him in the face and then one flies at the camera because again 3d so there's these great shots that don't make a whole lot of sense outside of 3d viewing so you didn't watch this in 3d no of course not Oh, Danielle. I know. Come on. It could have been fun. And so he ends up at this supermarket where he works. And this is the part of the movie that introduces all of the future characters that are going to be in this, the little ragtag team of So this is like characters. a bottle movie where they're all bottled up in the supermarket. They and are. They're all being introduced from, there. And they're all from different walks of life kind of thing. And they have to work together. Uh, That's the basic premise of this movie. Oh, it's a heartwarming shark attack movie. It is. <laughs> So as he's walking into the supermarket, he walks past a car and the camera slides to these two men in the car being super mysterious. And are they sharks in trench coats? Yes, sharks in trench coats. (laughs) This is a tagline for this movie. Bait, sharks in trench coats. (laughs) I'd watch that movie. (laughs) We'd talk about that movie. Oh, for sure. So one has his hood up, like a hoodie sweatshirt and sunglasses, so you can't see his face. You don't know what he looks like. And the other one just has sunglasses on, so you do know what he looks like, of course. But they're very mysterious, and they're basically like, we can't hang around here because they kind of see a cop off up up on the street. And so they drive into the car park of the store, like a parking garage, and they park in there. So you don't know what they're doing, but they seem like bad news bears. Oh, there are a lot of bad news bears in this episode. I know. Episode. It's an ongoing theme. 
So this now jumps to the supermarket. The guy is starting to work. He's talking to one of his coworkers, as Josh does. And there's a girl in the store who is shoplifting. And she is shoplifting terribly. Like, <laughs> she's just picking stuff up. Like, she's looking around her, but she's not actually looking around her. Because there's a security guard at the end of every aisle that she is shoplifting from. He's following her. And she never seems to notice that he's there. <laughs> He's like right How there. old is she? Is she like a teenager? She's probably in her late teens, maybe early 20s. Like, I think she's college aged. She just sucks at shoplifting. She just sucks at shoplifting. And so she's being followed. We're experts, obviously. <laughs> so she's being followed by the security guard around the store. And then the next character introduction is this boyfriend-girlfriend couple that pull into the parking garage. And they're basically, I'm not going to give you their names. It doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> but <laughs> it's basically kind of like a surfer dude and then a high-maintenance girlfriend as kind of the, the couple there. Odd couple. <laughs> yeah. And they have a little Pomeranian dog with them. Of course they do. I know. And then it jumps back to the shoplifter, and she realizes that she's caught by the security guard. She's like, oh, there's a security guard that's been following me this entire time in the store. And she starts running through the store, and she gets ahead of security guard and jumps into a little office space where it turns out her boyfriend works. So her boyfriend works in the store, and so she's all like, oh, you know, hide me, basically. (laughs) No, good for her. I hope it works out. Yeah. And then in walks, of course, the manager of the store and the security guard. The uh, Her boyfriend gets fired, of course. Yeah, no, duh. Yeah, and they call the police. So the policeman that walks in is her dad. They don't necessarily... Ref- oh, my gosh. Everyone knows each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. How big is Queensland? I think it's quite big, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, isn't like one of the biggest... I don't, I don't know Australia geography that well. I know, like, Canberra... No. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more like maybe the call came in and her dad took it because this is an ongoing theme for her. Ah. So the policeman's her dad. She's in lots of trouble, obviously. He takes her and like they walk out. You know, he's like, okay, we'll figure it out. He threatens to actually charge her this time. So it's clearly an ongoing affair. As I mentioned, she's done this multiple times. And they walk into the parking garage and get into the car that's down there. The one with the two dudes or just his car? His his own car. Okay. (laughs) His cop car. Yeah, I don't know. I thought you meant they got into the car with the two mysterious figures, which have been weird, but... No. <laughs> no, everybody's just in the parking garage in separate cars. Okay. So the couple is making out in the parking garage, and the mysterious guys are clearly going to rob the store. They start talking about it, and it's it's a clear reference that they're going to go rob the store. Grocery stores, notoriously good places to rob. Lots yeah, of... Yeah, apparently there's some <laughs> kind of money in the manager's office. Like, I don't, I don't know how anybody knows this, but it exists. Okay. This movie is not, it does not go into details about this particular point in the plot. This, this, you'll see. Okay. All right. (laughs) It's just one of those things you gotta go, sure, they're robbing the grocery store. So Doyle is the name of the main robber, and he basically says to his the guy that's all covered up with the sunglasses and the hoodie that he's doing this in some mysterious bid to help get his brother out of some trouble. Robbers with a heart of gold. Yes, that's the basic premise here, I, I guess. And the other guy, the guy in the hoodie, is the biggest overactor in this entire movie. Like, Ooh. everything he said, he sounds like Crocodile Dundee almost <laughs> when he talks. Like, it's it's the weirdest... The weirdest lines. I like him already. Yeah. So Doyle gets out of the car with his gun and the the policeman dad sees him, like put the gun, you know, 
tuck it mm-hmm. under his shirt. And so he follows him back in secretly to the store. And he pulls his own guns out of the car, like his cop guns out of the car, and, and follows guns. him into the store. His cop guns. I was just saying that he had guns in his car because he was a cop, essentially. Okay. I figured. Yeah. He weirdly doesn't say anything to his daughter. He just, like, gets the guns out of his car and walks off. Which and has- she's just, like, sitting there going, what? <laughs> and she doesn't even look at him. Like, there's no shot of her whatsoever. <laughs> it's like they cut something out of the film. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. And so the next scene is the boyfriend who had gotten fired. His name's Ryan. He comes down to find his girlfriend in the parking garage. And he does a shave and a haircut knock on the window. And she does it back at him and then looks Aww. over at him and is like, oh, it's my boyfriend. That's going to be Chekhov's shave and a haircut knock. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> they fight about the stealing because he doesn't approve of it, of course. And also that he lost his job, which obviously is a big deal. Yeah. And she basically ends the fight going, fine, I'll go get your job back and stomps back into the store. How is she going to do that? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Plot wise, it makes sense. <laughs> He gets into his own car, but it won't start. He, like, it keeps turning over. It is a horror movie, I suppose. Yes, exactly. So... Kind of. Meanwhile, back at the grocery store, Tina, the girlfriend from earlier, they broke up. Josh right, and right, her broke up. Yeah. Shows up in the grocery store. She's back from Singapore, where she left for the year. So this is where kind of where you find out that they actually broke up, and Tina is with a new guy. And it's super awkward. Let me ask. Do they ever actually, like, show Singapore or do anything other than mention no. it? Okay. So Singapore did not get a very good deal on their promotion here. Well, I guess they, all the production went over to Singapore afterwards to make the film. Okay. So it was filmed in Australia and then Singapore took over production after that. Ah, okay. So I don't know. But it does feel very Australian in terms of like you wouldn't necessarily know it was a Singaporean movie. Fair enough. So she shows up in the grocery store, super awkward. They have this like, not not a meat cute, (laughs) non meat cute. Uh, A meat not cute. (laughs) Meat not cute. And Doyle goes into the manager's office and holds him up at gunpoint. And the manager's like, the money's not in the safe here, dude. For some reason, it's way across the store. I guess plot-wise, that makes better sense. Okay. He holds him up at gunpoint, puts a gun to his back, and like walks him across the store. And then the cop, of course, sneaks up on him. Does no one else notice this? No, it's like all these, they're standing really close together. I'm sure it probably uh, look weird from far away, but you probably wouldn't think twice about it. So the cop sneaks up at him and, and pulls the gun to his head and is like, drop it. <laughs> but surprise, the partner from the car is there, completely masked in this creepy mask, and he holds a store worker hostage. Like, what creepy mask? I don't know. It's like a big white scully mask, skull mask, white skull mask. Okay. I didn't know it's if like it was like... like a ski mask with a white skull on it or something. Oh, all right. I didn't know if it was It was like a rubber Halloween mask or... No, that also would have worked, but it's just a pullover mask, but it looks okay. kind of creepy. So he takes a store worker hostage and a scuffle basically ensues and he accidentally kills a worker or I don't know if he accidentally kills. He kills a worker. (laughs) Uh, The hostage that he had flees and he takes up Tina instead. Uh Uh-oh. I know. Drama. And Doyle is basically objecting to this. He's like, dude, like, let the hostages go. We're just trying to rob the store. <laughs> I didn't want him to murder people. Like, yeah, no, he's they're in past his brother. that point. Someone's yeah. dead. Yeah, it's too late. So Josh is trying to stay calm. He's like, he's the lead, the guy, the guy who knows how to solve everything, apparently. He's the Daviot. He is. He's trying to step between the cop and the the guy with the gun, which seems like a terrible idea. So he's trying to calm the situation down. Wait, why isn't the police officer uh, presumably trained in 
hostage situation. I mean, maybe not, but I imagine police officers have more training than store clerks in hostage situations. He does, but he also has his gun already to the other robber. Okay. So he has his gun to the robber who has the gun to the store manager. So there's like basically two hostages, one on either side of the cop. Got it, got it. So one of the robbers has Tina, and then the other one has uh, the store manager. Okay. I mean, it made sense. I just still don't understand. I, I don't know anything about hostage negotiation, but some rando getting involved doesn't think it would help the situation regardless. No, but I think he just stepped in because it's Tina, obviously. Obviously. Anyway, before anything can happen, the building suddenly starts to groan and shake. It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> yes. Plot twist. The building's alive. It's Monster House. <laughs> oh, man. That movie was mediocre. <laughs> uh, don't add us, everybody. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, when I was young, but... <laughs> so, you flashes to the beach, and you can see this giant wave forming, and everybody's running except this one surfer dude who's like, yeah, and he runs towards the wave. He died, <laughs> like I'm <him>. sure. <laughs> So some random surfer dude outside runs towards the wave, and this giant wave is headed towards the town. Basically, yeah. And everybody's dead. Like, the casualties in this movie are just, they're very, very high. It is a catastrophic movie. It's a disaster movie. Like, everybody's dead. <laughs> it seems like the tsunami would be more devastating than the sharks. Like, the sharks seem to be the lesser threat here than Mother Nature herself. That is absolutely true. But that's kind of part of the plot, too. This is basically a disaster movie, shark movie combined. A disaster <laughs> shark movie. A shark dis shark disaster. <laughs> so, a sharknado, if you will. <laughs> yes. Similar to a tsunami. So, like, shark Nami. <laughs> <laughs> that was a better name than bait. <laughs> That's what it should have been called. Yeah. <laughs> and so you see the store being swept over by this huge wave. It gets all flooded. The parking garage is flooding. The actual storefront on the first, the upper floor is flooding. And there's these gruesome death scenes, just like people dying one after the other. It's kind of great in these Yeesh. really creative ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got my final destination. Yeah, it is. It's very, it's very like 90s horror movie in its death scenes, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and being a big fan of 90s horror movies. <laughs> So the tsunami is over, or at least done for now, and the store is flooded except for the top. It goes basically up to the shelving units. Um, it's about four or five feet from the top of these the large shelving units. And it's just like any other grocery store. It has the huge open air ceilings, you know, that go mm -hmm. a bazillion feet up in the air. And so basically... All of our main characters have survived, plus a couple of rando ones. And <laughs> Is this a multi-story building? I, I understand it. Well, the parking garage, I think, is probably beneath it. And then uh -huh. the first floor of the is the grocery store. And I don't think there's a second floor. At least they never show anything. Okay. So there's a bunch there's of- There's at least so two floors. Not a grocery store on ground level. Um, I- not sure it particularly matters. It is I'm, ground. It is ground level. No, it's ground level. There's the an entryway. Leave. I don't understand. Okay. So I'm getting there. Okay. So the tsunami. It's like like litter. Tsunami litter just happened. Give it a minute, Sam. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm jumping ahead. My apologies. <laughs> so the store is flooded, except it like goes up to four or five feet up the shelving units. So it's a very high flood. I mean, that's a good shelving units usually run pretty high. These were particularly high ones. Okay. Lots and of water. Like, Got it. Flood. Yes. And like I said, all our main characters have survived, plus a few random people. They're slowly appearing, you know, popping out of the water, climbing up the shelving units. And I'm going to sum up who all is here, because I think this is a good time to do this so that you know. <laughs> sure. The people who survived are Josh and Tina. 
the main couple. Mm-hmm. Well, Tina's new former couple. Former, yeah, the the former couple. Tina's new boyfriend Stephen is there. The store manager survived. The robber Doyle survived. The policeman father, Jamie, the shoplifter, some random man. The security guard survived, and the store worker who was held hostage survived. So Jamie's boyfriend did not survive. He was in the parking garage, and we haven't gotten to that yet. But this is in the main primary level of the store. Got it. Yeah. If I was Tina, I would avoid Josh. He sounds like bad luck. Yeah, I know. (laughs) With sharks, you like don't want to be around Josh. You're around Josh. (laughs) Your your brother dies from sharks. You see him again for the first time in a year. Giant tsunami. (laughs) Josh is someone you should just stay away from. (laughs) I know. Josh has this long scratch on his arm, and it's bleeding, of course. And Uh the police. I know. Blood in the water. And the policeman's injured as well. He has a big, like, metal thing stuck in his leg. The policeman sees that his daughter survived, and so he's helping her up the the shelving unit. And they have this realization as a group that the car park is flooded because Jamie's like, oh, riot! And then like, oh, God, the car park! Because obviously if the main floor is flooded, then the parking garage must be really flooded. And so Jamie's convinced that Ryan is dead. It's very sad. Aww. I know. We hardly knew him. (laughs) Literally. Barely knew anything about him. Uh, that doesn't change by the end of this movie. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> so Josh sees Tina in the water, because um, he was obviously panicking about where she was, and she's a bit shell-shocked. She's just floating around, not being useful. So he jumps... <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. She's just sitting there. So he jumps in to go get her and help her onto the racks, and he notices that the masked robber is floating in the water, because you see the, a body floating, and it has the mask over its face. And he was the murderer. And he was the murderer. And as they're swimming, you see in the background some of the dead bodies that are floating start disappearing under the water, and the music turns a little creepy, but they don't notice that at all. Can I predict a twist that I don't think is going to happen, but should yes, happen? Yes, absolutely. The... Dead floating robber, he swapped his mask to someone else and is trying to escape. Pretending that would to be, be super great. I yeah, hope right? that happens. <laughs> what do you, you know what happens. <laughs> well, that would be a really good twist, I agree. Right, it would be a really good twist if he was like, oh, giant flood, I can put this mask on this dead body and no one will know that it was me Post who Tsunami, shot the that's guy. the first thing you think of. You're like, oh, got to get my mask off and put it on this dead body. <laughs> Anyone who's competent as a robber, Danielle, is prepared for tsunami mask switches. <laughs> put that on your business card (laughs) so it switches back to the parking garage the couple is stuck in their car underwater with their little dog their pomeranian and dog's name is bully just for reference the couple don't get names but bully the dog so they're underwater in a car presumably the car is submerged for the most part and yeah it's like kind of tilted and it's almost entirely underwater but not quite ah okay they stay in this car for an inordinate amount of time It's like, hard to open car doors when they're underwater. No. All that water pressure. <laughs> you'll see. This is the stupidest reason to stay in a car. You'll, oh, okay. You'll see. So they keep hearing noises. And of course, that's just part of the, the... I'm sure there's lots of noises going on. The whole building collapsed, basically. Right? So Ryan is also there. So he survived, uh, of course. He's in the car with them? He's in the ca- his own car. Remember, he tried to start uh-huh. it earlier, but it didn't start. So he breaks the glass of his own car because he's much smarter. He lets it <laughs> flood and then he swims out of the window. Right. And but he there also- are sharks, Danielle. Well, we don't know whether or not there are sharks in all of the levels of the store. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe the people in the car are smarter because sharks can't eat cars. <laughs> <laughs> this shark thinks it can. Uh-oh. Uh. 
So he also keeps hearing noises. So he's like very jumpy and something brushes against him and he freaks out. But he heads towards a half submerged door, like an exit to the to the building he's trying to get out. So he heads that direction. Uh-huh. And and then it flashes back to the to the main level of the store. And they have several issues going on. There are no sharks yet. <laughs> No sharks yet yep. in the movie bait, except for Correct. the first shark that ate the, the guy's future brother-in-law. Yes, the CGI shark, which I, I'll see if I can find a clip of that, because let me tell you, that sounds like something <laughs> some you should amazing share. stuff. So back in the start, like I said, they have a lot of worries going on. None of them shark related. They know that they're trapped with the robber. And so there's a lot of tension, like whether or not they can trust this guy. The cop basically tells Ryan, who's kind of taken the lead with his lifeguard knowledge, I guess. <laughs> uh, sure. Lifeguards know how to handle tsunamis. Well, I think it's like he has an ability to think fast and well under pressure. Okay. I think that's why he's, he just is de facto in charge. There's lots of people there, but he's somehow in charge of it. Main character. Yeah, Daviot, right? <laughs> exactly. So... The policeman tells him to keep an eye on the robber because he doesn't trust him. The water is still rising, which is an issue. And they have no idea what happened to the town. So they think that maybe people will come for them because obviously there must be people in the supermarket, but they aren't 100% confident that they're going to be rescued. Well, let me ask something. I don't know the answer to this question. Mm -hmm. I generally don't know how tsunamis work. I've never looked into it, but... After the initial wave, does it keep rising? Yeah. So part of the issue, I guess, with tsunamis, according to this movie, which I uh-huh. actually believe, they sure. um, they're aftershocks and more waves. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like they're usually like earthquake related. I think, right? Um. Yeah. I think they can be. I mean, I assume maybe that is how it happens. Yes. Because otherwise, why would you have a giant wave? Right. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Well, learn something new every day. Thank yeah, you, so th- Bate, for teaching me about tsunamis. That was my big takeaway from this movie is how tsunamis work. <laughs> um, so that is also on their minds because they mentioned that, that they know there's going to be more aftershocks and more waves. So they're on a timeline to get out of the building because they're afraid it's going to flood more and they're not going to be able to get out. Okay, that's cool. So the policeman can't swim because his leg is super bloody and all torn up and he can't move it very well. So Josh says he'll stay and they should go get help and a rescue team. So this is just a lot of stuff, obviously. <laughs> like, there's a right, lot of things going on. This is all the setup. On. This is all the plans being made. <laughs> this could be its own movie, but yet somehow they decided that it needed sharks. <laughs> <laughs> so in an about face, Tina is suddenly over her shock. She's like super proactive and she and her boyfriend, Steven, are like, we'll go check the front because they're going to see if the doors are able to be open. They don't know if, if the doors are all caved in or not. Right, right, right. They can't tell from where they are. And the robber is like, I'll go check the back. And the policeman is like, um, no. <laughs> Nobody yeah, trusts you. <laughs> and so he sends the security guard instead, not trusting him at all to do the right thing. The Makes robber. sense. Yeah. The store worker who was held hostage, uh, call her hostage girl, I guess. Write <laughs> that one down. I don't know. I have no idea what her name is, to be honest. She sees a body moving swiftly through the water like it's being dragged. It's just pulling along and then suddenly it disappears and she's all like, um, guys, <laughs> like, uh, we have a problem. <laughs> and a problem? Josh is like, Sharks. everybody get out of the water. <laughs> there's a shark. Get out of the water. He actually doesn't say there's a shark. He's not 100% sure of that, but he's like pretty sure there's a shark. He tells everybody to get out of the water because they're all trying to go find entrances and everybody's like swimming back trying to get out. If anybody knows about sharks, it's Josh. That's true. I'm sure he's having some severe PTSD. Yeah, no duh. So he's screaming at everybody to get out of the water, and then suddenly the security guard gets pulled under. (gasps) I know. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate the enthusiasm. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm here for you, Danielle. Now, my favorite part is the security guard's name is Bob. <laughs> and oh, I, find- <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> that's vaguely ironic that Bob is the first to go with <laughs> his name. Oh, Danielle, that's mean. <laughs> I know. And they do this great shot where blood is pooling around him and he's screaming, help me, please help me. And Jamie tries to get him out of the water, the shoplifting girl. She's trying to pull him out of the water. She's grasping onto his outstretched hands. And then she grabs his hands and then his head just turns like 180 degrees from his body and just drifts away. <laughs> wait, <laughs> and she's wait, just wait, holding wait, wait. onto his arms. <laughs> So he's underwater except for his head and his arm, which she is grabbing onto, and then his head just spins around, and yeah. then she's holding nothing but an arm. Yep. He, like, kind of goes silent, and then suddenly it's just, like, this arm, and this, the head's floating away, and you can see it's, like, open mouth face, and all she has is an arm in her hand. Gross. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really good. That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Then the shark body slams the shelving unit, and I'm not entirely sure how sharks maybe they do body slam their prey do you do, you, do we know enough about sharks to say I, uh, whether or not they know uh, this, this movie's been an educational experience <laughs> for me danielle I, i've learned more than i ever knew about tsunamis and sharks yeah i just don't know if a shark would think oh there's people up there if i body slam this object the people will fall into the water yeah they're not like bears which like will do that to get things out of trees right. or something i don't know and I had two dogs as a kid, and one would body slam the fence when the squirrels ran along it, and the other one would chase the squirrels that fell from the fence. So I think it's a thing, but also sharks live underwater. There's nothing to slam against to drop stuff off of it. Right. There aren't, like, underwater shelving units that fish exactly. hang out in. So I don't know. If you knock something off a shelf underwater, it's not like it plummets to the earth, like, in air. Yeah, so I don't know what the thought process was of the shark, but, you know, smart shark. Smart shark. And nothing falls off of it at that time, but they do finally see the shark, and they're like, it's definitely a shark. (laughs) And they estimate it to be a 12-foot great white shark. And this is Josh and Tina. And I guess in lifeguard class, Josh became a shark identifier. I don't know. If from just a body of a shark in a thing of water and its nose popping out of the water that I would ever go, great white. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I would say big fish, maybe. (laughs) Like shark, clearly. It has a fin, looks like a shark. I don't know if I'd be able to shark identify. Though I guess if you're going to be able to identify a shark, a lot of people would be able to do a great white shark. I'm going to try a great white shark at a mediocre white shark. (laughs) Funny. All right. Well, you know what? I quit. (laughs) (laughs) So, meanwhile, back in the parking garage, Ryan is finding all of his exits blocked. He can't get out. The couple in the car finally starts discussing how to get out of the car. They've just been kind of arguing, like, oh, no, we're underwater, and just been arguing amongst themselves about stuff, couple things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And after a very long argument about breaking the window, she pulls out uh, her nail cutter kit and a little thing, a little metal thing, and she just pops it into the sunroof, like the thing in the sunroof, and it just opens up the sunroof. So apparently they could have escaped the entire time to the sunroof of the car, which is not underwater, because like a couple inches of the car is not underwater, and they just like climb out of the sunroof. (laughs) I was like, 
why were you in the car for so long? Yeah, what were they waiting for? They don't know there's a they don't know if there's a shark in the water. Like they're just in a car with a sunroof that they can get out of and they have a huge argument about how to get out of the car and this whole time they could have come out on the sunroof, which is so stupid. That is amazing. Yeah. Love it. And uh, Ryan and the couple meet up and start talking about how to get out. But then the girl sees a shark. So there's apparently a shark in the parking garage and there's a shark in the grocery store above. Who could have seen that coming? There are two sharks. Uh, twice as good as Jaws. <laughs> and then the shark attacks the car because, sure. <laughs> Cars look like seals, Danielle. That's why they attack <laughs> So after multiple attacks, they finally decide to try and get out of the car because the windows are starting to crack and the water's coming uh-huh. in and they're getting nervous, obviously. And Ryan tells them to stay there or the shark will be attracted to them, which the shark attacked the car when they were just sitting there talking. <laughs> Maybe he means the shark will find them very alluring. <laughs> well, it will more so, but it was already there attacking the car. So okay. Ryan... With some knife. I don't know where the knife came from. Maybe it was in the movie. Maybe he just pulls it out of a pocket and I missed it. Yeah, all Australians have knives. (laughs) Yeah. He cuts off a dead dude's hand that's like, (laughs) and swirls it in the water to attract the shark. (laughs) Uh, Again, I'm no expert on pretty much anything, but don't human wrists have bones? Yes, and it's it is kind of a laborious process for him, and he he okay. does a, he he does a pretty good job of not I like I would be like not being able to look at it, but he's kind of like eh, I can do this, like <laughs> this is important. He's kind of a little bit of a hero, like he does a good job. All right, I like this guy. So not his sh- name, but I like him. Ryan, Ryan is his Whatever. name. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> The shark's attracted to the hand. The couple escapes their own car, but at the last minute, the shark veers back towards the couple. (gasps) (laughs) And as the couple's, like, trying to climb on this car and the shark is almost at them, the man throws the dog into the water. (laughs) They climb up into the car. The dog disappears. Poor bully. (laughs) <laughs> wow that is cold yeah it was it was good <laughs> <laughs> can you find a, a video of that to maybe share? maybe i'll see what i can do um real hero that one <laughs> i know he's a winner good boyfriend <laughs> so this switches back to the uh, to the grocery store and tensions are running high of course because they now yeah. see the shark circling them basically it's also trapped inside with them and the guy who doesn't have a name says that the only reason shark circles is because they're trying to decide if they're food or not and everybody's like uh-oh we're in trouble which duh but also so the unnamed guy is a shark behavioralist yes apparently that's his okay. title <laughs> And there is an aftershock, and the building starts to quake again, and live wires fall from the ceiling, of course. Oh, no! <laughs> There's so many things in this movie that aren't shark-related. You're not They're dangerous. <laughs> so the primary dangers don't seem to be sharks. They seem to be <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> nature, the building collapsing, electricity itself, and humanity yeah it's like very questionable i think the shark is just meant to like stop them from being able to easily just like swim across and climb out of the building essentially right there to bottle them up got it so the the live wires are just within touching distance of the water of course they're like hovering above it and the unnamed guy just kind of laughs maniacally he's he's kind of a weirdo (laughs) i like him yeah shark behavioralist weirdo And Josh is like, we have to turn off the main power and explains kind of where it is and says he's going to swim for it while they create a distraction. 
And Tina is like, you can't do that because of your bloody arm. Ah! Of course, because the sharks have shown that they only attack people who are bloody and not, say, security guards. Yes, and apparently the shark's not appeased by the 12,000 bodies that are just floating around. Right, I don't know. Sharks don't just kill for fun, do they? I, I'm i sure they prefer live prey over dead prey. I don't know. But I assume if it's hungry, it's going to eat the dead prey. I don't know why it would just keep going after live prey one after the other after the other. Also, this is the grocery store. There's got to be like a fish section. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's like over there eating a can of tuna. <laughs> or, or frozen fish or whatever they have on the display, you know, crab or whatever. Yes. All right, fine. Just dismiss that idea no. out of hand. <laughs> Yeah, it might be overeating. It's like maybe that's what it's doing in its spare time as it's circling. It's like over There's there nipping a bowl of tuna at the crabs salad and <laughs> that it's going for. All right, it's like that's mm, my theory. God, I love God. <laughs> oh, Maine lobster <laughs> this time of year in Australia. I never. <laughs> that's what's that's what's happening. That's why they don't see it hundred percent of the time. It's over there at the fish buffet. It's sophisticated sharks need sophisticated fish. Uh, that was not easy to say. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I panicked a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> back on the shelving units. Right. That thing. That full of fish. Steven, Tina's boyfriend, has an idea. Uh-oh. You're going to love this idea, Sam. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not. They build a shark cage around him. And I don't mean a square shark cage. I mean like... Shark cage armor. Huh? <laughs> I don't Out know. Of what? I don't know. Baskets? There's definitely a basket involved. They don't show them building it. They just kind of show the completed product, which has like a chicken wire basket effect of like metal baskets, the graded ones. And it's like all over his body in like football wear. <laughs> if they can shape and bend the metal around his body like that, the shark well. jaws are going to be able to crush it <laughs> and destroy him. That is no protection at all. Yeah, this is actually where I was watching this movie and I got to the seat and I was like, this might work for book retorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I want myself some shark armor. Yeah. So they make him shark armor, shark cage armor, and they give, they have a snorkel mask. And How's a, he going to swim? A breathing, hey, hang on, and a breathing apparatus. So they have like- No, but like, it's stiff. He can't move. He's going to be like, oh, you're going to sink and stay there. No, he does sink. That's the point. He's, I know, but he's going to he, like, walk across the floor of the store to the electricity box. Do you have box. joints on this thing? I don't understand. I'm no. sorry. I okay, it's just like, I don't, Sam, I don't know, but in the actor manages to walk in the material that they put him in. So I don't know. If it's a metal like, cage around his body, is it, do they have joints? Is it malleable? It's like wrapped no, this around makes sense. His, it's wrapped around his arms. Like they have um, some up above his upper arm, his lower arms, like around his torso. So, There's so a they thing leave all over his, his head. Exposed. So I think he has full body movement, probably uncomfortably, but it exists. Then all his joints are exposed, so that's safe. Well, I think the point is, like, if the shark gets close enough to nudge the armor, maybe it won't bite him. They're trying. Uh, they don't know it's going to work, but they're, they're going to try. <laughs> there are so many things they could try instead of shark armor. That sounds like a much better idea. That's what they went with with the plot, Sam. <laughs> it's, I hate it. That's, a wor- that's like the last thing I would say. Okay, we have a grocery store. We're on shelving units. Maybe we could jump across the shelving units. Yes. Maybe we could climb into the drop ceiling. Yes. Oh, shark armor. Yes. Let's start there. Yeah, I, I, I told you you would love this. 
<laughs> you got me. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I don't understand why this was their first thought, but they ran with it. Man, they committed. <laughs> so they also built him a breathing tube. So it's made out of like a snorkel piece mask that he can put into his mouth. And then it just has, I don't know where the tubing came from, but it's just a mile of tubing. It's really long. Uh, point of interest here. Yes. Unless the volume of his lungs is greater than the volume of the tube, he's going to suffocate. Yes. <laughs> well, that <laughs> is that, an like, issue. You know, that, that's why those old, like, diving suits have pumps. Yes. Because other – I mean, for many reasons, but one is because you can't breathe through a tube that contains more air than your lungs do. You're not going to move enough air in and out of that tube to breathe. Science brought to you by Sam. I just don't want people to, like, try it. Like, don't take your garden hose and jump into a pool and think you're going to be able to breathe underwater. Yeah. Well, apparently it works because they do it. <laughs> It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, you can try it. You're going to suffocate. Don't blame me when you drown in your pool because you tried to breathe through a freaking garden hose. Okay, we'll put a warning on this. Kids, don't try this at home. Adults, don't try this at home. <laughs> don't try shark armor breathing hose at home. It's a bad idea. Anyway, he's all gussied up. Stephen is. With his, Ready to die. Got with it. his shark cage armor and his breathing apparatus. And before he gets into the water, Stephen tells Josh that Tina's always loved Josh, that they weren't they weren't really even together, basically, is, is what he says to him. Like he never she never stopped loving Josh. Stephen is getting a real short end of the stick here. Yes. He he did volunteer for it. And no, but like in the whole relationship and the I know, movie. I know. Like maybe he's just really good friends with her. Maybe he's dating, but it was okay with the fact that Tina still loved Josh. I don't know. Oh, poor Steven. It's not Steven. explained. <laughs> Steven's the real hero. Steven and that dog are the real heroes. Steven actually was my favorite character. So he jumps into the water and we weirdly they just assume that this is gonna work. Nobody even like tries to attract the shark away from Steven. So Steven just walks across the the bottom the floor of the supermarket underneath the water. Breathing through a hose. Breathing through a hose. And the shark's just sort of like, Oh, he's in armor. Means I can't attack him. Yeah, and the shark like, yeah, kind of passes him and knocks his head into him a few times and was like, eh, too much work and she keeps swimming <laughs> past him. <laughs> I like the shark. He's lazy. <laughs> And so he makes it to the electrical box, which is submerged with a big old red switch. Like, they have to turn it off. Oh, oh, he's dead. No, and I'm like, isn't it already covered in water? Is it a waterproof electrical box? I don't know how electricity works, but I feel like maybe they already would have been electrocuted. <laughs> I, I mean, my feeling would be that, again, I'm not an electrician, but I do know that electricity likes to find ground. Mm -hmm. So... If this thing was covered in water, it would probably short out and blow a fuse or blow a, you know, transformer or something. Like, this is not going to be able to stay alive in the water for extended periods of time. Yeah, it's going to overload. But yet somehow for the last hour, it's been on and working fine. <laughs> and safe enough that you can walk up to it and just turn it off, apparently. Yeah. And so he, it's just a big switch. It's not like it's, a, it's like a big metal covered uh, switch, an off switch. Yeah. And the problem is, because we all need plot problems, is he gets about four to five feet away from it and his breathing tube doesn't stretch far enough, Sam. <laughs> oh, no. His magic breathing tube isn't long enough. Maybe he could hold his breath and go the last four feet. But then he can't. Okay. So here's the dilemma. 
because put the hose down. I have so many box. thoughts about this because I was like, there okay. had to have been a better solution than what actually happened. So, oh, I'm excited then. Yeah. So he's like four to five feet away. He can't reach it. And supposedly he can breathe through the tube. Wait, and wait, I wait. Under- How is he? Is it, are his eyes open? Yeah, I assume. Does he wear goggles? I, no, yeah, oh, I no, 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 no. He does. He does have goggles on because I have this the snorkel mask over his eyes. Okay, I was about to say, that guess, is some bigger nonsense. Yeah, I guess they sold snorkel masks to the store and it was floated around and they grabbed it. I don't know. I didn't. Again, they don't show the creation process. They just have all the items. Oh, man. I want to see a movie than just making that shark over. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so his issue is that obviously if he takes out the breathing apparatus, he can't breathe. If he takes it out, he has to reach the top of the water again to breathe, but he's covered in metal bits, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's too heavy to reach the top of the water. And he needs more feet to be able to to reach the electricity thing. Sure. And so you see it travels back and you see Josh standing up on top of one of the things. And it's like there's a tug of war because he's trying to get more leniency in his tube. And Josh keeps being like, dude, I can't give you more. But instead of Josh doing like, anything he could have done like like walking along the end of the shelf yeah and, and like out. put his hand away like give him a couple extra feet of space to see if it's like enough he doesn't do that he just stands on the top of the thing and just like holds it in the air he's like i can't give you any more and i'm like you can't you can give him like six feet of length <laughs> is josh trying to kill steven get him out of the picture God. so of course steven like pulls the thing out he doesn't cover it with his hand and see if he could reach it just like hold you know i don't know just yeah, yeah, some he solution hold one hand and, like you know because I-, I gotta say most the average man has like a six foot wingspan i know and that's what the technical term is wingspan <laughs> Yeah, apparently his wingspan's not long enough and he didn't think it through and just can't figure out how to cover the end of the tube. Or I, like, there, I feel like there had to have been a solution other than what he did, which is pull the tube out of his mouth, walk the extra feet, turn off the power so the power goes out and everybody's like, oh, he got to it, he got to it. And then they start to pull the tubing back and it's not connected to anything. Why would you pull the tubing back? I don't back? know, Sam. I don't know. I was There's so like frustrated. There's like a around his waist. You just... <laughs> Uh, I know, it's so bad. I was like, don't take it away! <laughs> like, I don't know what I thought he could do with it, but I really... Like they drag him back by the hose and just pull it out of his apparatus and he would die. Yeah, it was. this is by far the most traumatizing thing in the entire movie. And then Steven's like pulling this gear off, trying to get to the top of it before he loses his breath, obviously. And he's pulling it off, but he can't get all the pieces off. And he can't, almost gets to the top, but he can't. And then he drowns, Sam! Steven drowns! Oh gosh, that's horrible! <laughs> he doesn't even get eaten by a shark! He drowns! And I was like, no! That has to be the most preventable death of this movie. <laughs> so mad! <laughs> that's some grade-A nonsense oh, there. I was mad. I was real mad. <laughs> I like Steven, but boy, he made some poor choices. Oh, yeah. So they bring back the tubing. They assume he's dead, because he is. <laughs> they just don't even try, like, well, he's dead. And uh, what's her face? Tina's, you know, sad and crying and sobbing. And it's, it's, it, and I felt for her, because I was like, dude, I'd be upset too. <laughs> I was upset, yeah. and I didn't even know Steven. Well, and he was the best, though. Yeah. So this is where the movie kind of tries to do a couple of character development things, because we don't have a lot of character development up to this point. Jamie and Tina, Jamie's the shoplifter, have a bonding moment of, of why is this happening to us? <laughs> and Jamie, <laughs> and I thought it was a really funny line. She says it's retribution 
for her, for Jamie leaving her mom when she was dying. I guess her mom died of cancer or something. And she left the United States the last couple of months. Like, she just couldn't handle it and left her mom and her dad to deal with it by themselves. And so she's like, it's life saying, screw you. How are you going to run away from this? Which, what? Yes, what? everybody's <laughs> trapped in a supermarket because of you. There was a tsunami because of you. <laughs> that is the most self-centered BS ever. <laughs> Jamie! <laughs> Jamie! Not all about you, Jamie. Sometimes maybe the universe just hates all of us. <laughs> yes. You're making your dad suffer too because of you. <laughs> like, what? So, wait, Jamie was from the US with her dad? No, She's- Jamie was Australian and she left when her mom got sick and moved to the US for a, oh. a year or whatever. Okay. Because she's her, not like she didn't a want 16 to deal with her old. mom potentially. She's dying. like a young adult. Right, yeah, okay. she's like 19, 20, 21, somewhere in there. I thought she was still like 16 for some reason because she behaves like a child. Yeah, it's never specifically said how old she is, but I kind of assumed she was at least late teens. Got it. There's this weird possible romance vibe between the store clerk who was held hostage by the murderer uh-huh. and the robber that survived. I don't know why there are romantic vibes, but there are. And he's making a, the robber's making a spear out of a knife that they find on the shelf and some kind of stick, like a broom handle or something. And he's kind of like taping it together or whatever they're doing. And they end up looping some rope that they find there's just an endless supply of objects in the store. <laughs> and yet they went with shark armor. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a huge thing of rope. I'm talking like 50 feet of rope. Like it's a really long rope. <laughs> wow. And they rope it around the ductwork that was that's up above. And I don't know why this wasn't one of their first ideas, for example. Right. <laughs> and they're like, I mentioned the roof oh, already. We, yeah. Maybe we can escape out of the ductwork. Like somebody can crawl up there, get some help. Nope. <laughs> and the manager of the store volunteers because they're afraid it's not going to hold weight. He's like, I'm doing it. I'm going. I don't want to be here anymore. And in one of the better scenes of this movie, he he gets wrapped around the rope and he gets pulled up. He, he, the duct holds his weight. He goes to wow. open the, the duct panel. Uh-huh. And as he goes to climb through it, like hundreds, thousands of big spider things. I don't know what they are. Just like, what? Fl- I don't know where they come from. I don't know why where they're the there. Where spiders come from? <laughs> why is this a shark movie when there's literally everything else except sharks? I don't know. But they just flood through the door and like, it's the shot. Like you can see them oncoming and they just like go all over his body and drop into the water. And you see the water scene of them all floating in the water. And I was like, why? Just these giant, I mean, it's Australia. So I guess spiders are everywhere, but also no. Yeah. I'm assuming they're running away from the water, but also it just, seem like one the worst timing and then secondly just why <laughs> so he opens a piece of duct work and out of the duct just a horde of spiders pour basically and he's he, no he's like flails no. and then sur- he survives he's like it's okay i can do it i'm I, I can make it i'm okay and he's like hanging down from the duct work he's like i can make it i'm okay and bam because the shark just yeah <laughs> the shark jumps out of the water and chews off his entire that. bottom half <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was so waiting for that to happen. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it was very deeply sea-ish. And so the spiders were a red herring, I yeah, guess? Like, I guess. Why not? Which is funny because the shark is the aquatic thing. <laughs> uh. And 
the movement of the shark like grabbing hold of him and he just like literally is just like ripping it off his head shaking back and forth like a dog with a bone and then his whole body like half bottom half of the body falls into the water uh-huh. um the movement somehow makes the unnamed guy fall into the water and he's almost eaten too but he's rescued by another person and pulled back up he's the luckiest no-name character I ever know. so back to the car park the meanwhile, oh, I remember about them? them. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I did not remember that. I forgot about them. It actually flashes between the two much more frequently, but in terms of trying to tell this story, it made more sense to kind of go with the arc of each little section. Makes sense. Yeah, let's try to keep it coherent. And so the car park, the girl, the girlfriend is seriously pissed off at her boyfriend for throwing the dog in the water. <laughs> Oh, really? Who would have guessed that would be the outcome? <laughs> and in by far my favorite line of the whole movie, it's the way that she delivers it. She goes, you're a dog murderer, which is worse than a person murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I'm not here to, to find the scale of bad murder. It's all bad, but I'm not sure I would buy that. Dog murdering's bad. I'm not trying to defend dog murderers. I want to put that out there right now. Dig your hole, Sam. Dig your hole. No. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's worse than person murder. Certainly not better, yes. but maybe not worse. And I also, like, I'm sad for the dog. I really am. And I would do my yeah, best to save any animal that I had with me if a shark was attacking. But also, like, I understand the impulse to throw the dog while you're being chased by a shark. Right. In your fight <laughs> or flight, you're not your best. Yeah. So, I don't know. But it's a really great delivery and a really great line. And I, I really appreciated it. <laughs> oh, I have to watch this movie, maybe. Yeah, it's a good one for group watching. Ryan discovers a mysteriously very decayed body. I don't, like, I don't know how fast things decay in salt water, but let me tell you, an hour apparently makes this body like mummy-esque. <laughs> it's just... Ooh. It's so decayed. <laughs> and he decides to use the piping along the roof of the garage to get across to another possible exit because the ones he's tried so far have not worked. Sure. And the shark is swimming underneath him, of course, as he grabs hold of it. And he kind of like monkeys over to the other side of it. And he does actually quite a good job acting of falling into the water, of course, is what happens. He slips off the pipe. But he does a really good job of it. I completely believed it might have been an accidental thing that they caught on tape. Because (laughs) I was like, good job, sir. (laughs) Bravo. Bravo, nameless person I don't know. Good job. He He looked like he actually did fall off that bar. He barely makes it to the car with the couple. So they pull him back up to the top of the car where they're staked out, but the shark slams against the car trying to get him. There's that body slam again. And the body slam again. And the guy who threw the dog into the water falls in, and the shark kills him. (laughs) Right away. Dog karma. (laughs) Dog karma. Dog karma, great. Yeah, his girlfriend seems vaguely (laughs) under-concerned. I guess we know where her real love was. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, the dog. The dog. Switching back to the supermarket, Doyle, uh, the robber, decides to be more proactive, and he's like, I'm not going to sit here and die. Let's trap the shark. We'll tie him to a shelving unit. Okay. <laughs> and so- Your last contraption worked so well, geniuses. <laughs> and so they, they, it pans across, and you see that there are meat hooks with slabs of meat hanging from the ceiling like pork um, haunches or something. Are they in a freezer? What? No, and I love, this is one of my favorite parts. It's like, maybe it's a salted thing or something that can actually hang from it, but they're also, like, they're on top of shelving units, and those things are still at least, like, eight, nine feet above, the, like, they're pretty high 
high up. How is anybody supposed to get that? How do they how do they get that when they're working in the store on a day-to-day right. basis? Uh, can you go get the giant cherry picker to go get the meat hook thing yeah. for me? I have a barbecue, please. <laughs> and when they panned over to it, I was like, how does that work? <laughs> like... I was very. They have confused. a really long pole or something with a hook on the end. Yeah, maybe no idea, but it seems it's very oddly Dumb. placed. And so somebody has to swim over and get the hook. They have like the rope, of course, and their their plan is basically to go fishing for sharks, like to tie the hook and the meat onto oh, yeah, yeah, the okay. to the rope. And the policeman says that he'll do it. I. Th- I don't know his logic, but I think it's something along the lines of, like, I'm already injured, so if I get left behind or the shark gets me, like, it's not as big a deal. Like, you guys are the people who have to actually do all the work. I don't know. Like, it's a very confusing scene. I'm like, why? But the policeman's like, I'll do it. And then his daughter, Jamie, is gets really upset about the idea. And she's like, no, dad, you can't. You know, somebody else should do it. And so she just jumps into the water, just does it and she starts like swimming across towards the hooks and she narrowly avoids the shark and then she ends up picking up a meat cleaver that's like sitting on one of the counter tables and she's like whacks it in the nose over and over again this is the most convenient grocery store i've ever heard of (laughs) and i do think you're actually supposed to hit sharks in the nose so i guess that it works the shark goes away yeah, I mean, with a cleaver, I think hitting anything with a cleaver would generally encourage them to leave. Yeah, it's a pretty great scene. And they use the animatronic shark in that, of course. And so it's of like, course. it looks fairly realistic that she's like beating up a shark with a meat cleaver, which how often do you see that in movies? <laughs> Not often enough, that's how. It should be in all the movies. <laughs> Every movie. Name a movie. Schindler's List, more shark beatings. <laughs> when Harry met Sally. <laughs> Gotta beat some sharks. <laughs> Rosebud was a shark. <laughs> that would have been a better movie. <laughs> be honest. Oh, jeez. He's like, the my last regret is a shark I punched in the nose <laughs> the with a meat, meat cleaver. cleaver. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> I'd watch that. Oh. So she gets the hook. She manages to get it. She puts the pig leg on it. She like grabs hold of it and they pull her back across as fast as they can and they kind of try to attract the shark in another spot. She makes it back across. Oh, the titular bait. Uh-huh. And then more character development. The robber, just casually, while he's putting everything together, is like, hey, Josh, you should go get your girl. You clearly have a history with her. Like, go do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, couples counselor robber person. <laughs> so funny. Doyle, man. Doyle. <laughs> Doyle the robber. <laughs> a hero. So Josh and Tina have a moment where Josh admits that he was supposed to set the buoy that day and he just always held it against himself that Rory had done it for him that day and ended up dying. Well, was he going to die instead? I, mean, I know. I just there? think he'd survive her guilt. And he apologizes to her for Rory and also just letting everything in their relationship get destroyed after that. And yeah, at least he could do that. Tina, who's clearly had more therapy than him, says... Basically, like, I never needed an apology from you. It's not your fault. You just needed to forgive yourself and let me in. And if you'd, like, done that, we wouldn't be where we were today. So Good on you, Tina. Yeah. Now they decide to fish for sharks. (laughs) Are sharks fish? (laughs) Fish for, yes. But I don't think you fish for fish. I mean, it's fine fishing for sharks. (laughs) Sharking for sharks. I'm just curious. Like, I I actually had this thought because I knew we were doing Shark Week. And I was like, if I call sharks fish, are people going to get mad at me on the internet because they're not really fish technically? Like there's some other genus? I don't know. You could Google it and find out. If only we had a device that told you everything you ever wanted to know, Sam. (laughs) Yeah, but Danielle, 
you could just be wrong on the internet and then people will tell you for you. That's true. <laughs> Why bother looking it up when people will just tell you? <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're wrong on the internet, it's the fast way to get information. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> so they drop the, uh, I assume it's a, it's a pig, but it could be something else. They drop the pig haunch into the, to the water and the shark ignores it. It's just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> what? And the unnamed guy is, has a really broad Australian accent, says that the shark has decided it prefers live bait and then kind of laughs hysterically and then pulls a gun from his ankle strap. Apparently. What? <laughs> Where's everyone getting all these guns? I thought Australia was not overrun with guns. Well, he pulls a gun from his ankle strap and he takes that clerk that got held hostage earlier and holds her hostage. What? Oh, that poor clerk. She got nothing but a hostage taking in her present. And plot twist. You're going to like it. He's the robber's partner who switched his mask after the tsunami. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. Yes, I knew it. I'm a genius. <laughs> the one plot twist you get correct. <laughs> the one plot twist you get correct is the most ridiculous plot twist. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Go, Sam. Go, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, what about the masked body that we saw in the water? And he just mysteriously says it wasn't him. So I'm assuming at some point, as we discussed, he took off his mask post-tsunami and put it on some dead body, which to me is just like, take the mask off and pretend you were a shopper in the store. Like, nobody knows what you look like. You had a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he just wants to create some misdirection by having the dead body out. He must be certainly dead. Like, I hope they see this dead body of many dead bodies floating in the water and realize it's the murderer. Danielle, Danielle, you can't criticize a plan if it works. Yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> so they all try to talk him down, uh, the guy down. I'm so proud of that. I'm, I'm proud of you too, Sam. Good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So they try to talk the guy down from his hostage situation, and instead he just hooks the hook to the back of her shirt or her bra strap or something and pushes her into the water. Oh, gosh. That's terrible. Yeah. So while his back is turned, because he, like, turns to push her, the other robber takes his spear that he made and stabs him through the chest. Wait a minute. Okay. There's a problem with this. Is Doesn't the other robber know who he is? Apparently not, because earlier, remember, I said he, they were in the car and he had the hoodie pulled up and the sunglasses. Or if he so, did know, he wasn't saying anything to everybody. Maybe he was hoping that it would just not be an issue. Okay. Because that's my thought is there's no way he's in cahoots with this guy and has no idea what he looks like. Yeah. There was one scene earlier where the guy kind of said something like slightly mysterious towards him like well you would know that wouldn't you like they had a connection they had a history and the guy kind of looks at him with narrowed eyes and i didn't know if that meant like i know who you are or that's a weird thing for you to say stranger but he has the same same voice it's the crocodile dundee voice the entire time so yeah yeah no this would not be someone that you couldn't identify if you knew them even moderately well. Yeah. So I'm assuming he probably knew, but just didn't say anything because he didn't want to make everybody freaked out. And if the guy didn't do anything, then what did it matter, you know? What do you mean? He, did, he shot somebody. But he I killed was just somebody. saying up to that point, like the guy hadn't done anything other than act oh, okay. a little maniacal. So maybe he was just hoping it would pass by unnoticed. Best guess. That's your guess. Yeah. All right. So they try to talk him down from his hostage situation 
gets stabbed. He gets he gets stabbed by the spear, and then the girl that was in the water gets pulled back out by everybody. Doyle takes the hook off of her shirt and stabs it into the the bad guy, and who's still alive. He's probably. still alive because he just got stabbed with Ugh. the spear, but he hasn't died. I don't know if he hit any major organs, but he's bleeding profusely. <laughs> Oh, how convenient. <laughs> he stabs it into his chest and hooks him and pushes him into the water. And of course, the shark like immediately attacks this guy. And he's like, This ah! is very Lord of the Flies. <laughs> like, they turn on each other and are like, Well, yeah, let's use a human being as live bait right away. Mostly like, they just have no the compunction. <laughs> it's still, I mean, they, they have no like moment of, Are we better than this? Are we better than just arbitrarily using a human as. Bake, could we not say, take the pig's leg and put, dip it in his blood? Or, I don't know, try more pig? I Something? I think it's more like everybody's really aghast that this happened, and it happens pretty fast. He basically, like, okay. stabs him, hooks him, and pushes him, and everybody's like, <gasps> and it's too late. The guy's in the water. I mean, once he's in the water, oh, okay. it's too late. All right, all right, all right. It's not a drawn-out scene. Okay. I thought it was more like a, oh, yeah, hook him, everyone <laughs> hook him, put him in the water. Tribunal. You're like, yep, there it goes. <laughs> Shark eats the unnamed robber. And it's a visual puppetry display for the ages. Highly recommend (laughs) (laughs) watching it. The hook is now attached to the shark's mouth, and it swims off. It's stuck to the rope, stuck to the hook. I guess it can't just break the rope. It must be very strong rope for a 12-foot shark. Sure. And it flashes back to the parking garage. So they've now assumed Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting about (laughs) this. I know. It's hard to remember. It's kind of like a secondary plot line, but it does have fairly equal time in terms of what's going on. They assume nobody's coming to get them, which, duh. (laughs) I guess it was still a thought. And then right as they're discussing it, this is the girlfriend and Ryan, because the other boyfriend's dead. And like I said, she seems not broken up about it. (laughs) Just as they're chatting about what they're going to do, the dog floats by and it's alive. (laughs) I don't know, but it made it. It's on a little like board or something. And it's just floating by and yips and they're all like, bully. And she- has everything. And she says, float over, float over here. But the dog doesn't understand English and jumps into the water because that's what you would do if you were a dog and got called by your (laughs) owner. Oh, no. (laughs) And so it's swimming and you see its little feet treading the water and the shark's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like, "Ah!" (laughs) and they grab the dog and pull it up and it just survives getting not eaten by the shark. (laughs) What? What was (sighs) it doing until then? Where was it? I don't know. Is it not like barking or something? No, no, I have no idea. So Ryan has the idea for some reason. I have no idea. Maybe it's just a last ditch attempt. He grabs like a stick or something, or is he has a he has a flashlight that he'd grabbed from his car earlier, and he goes up to the piping that's up above that he was hanging onto earlier, and he knocks shave and a haircut into the pipes. And I th- think it's a obviously a throwback to earlier, which you thought was not going yeah, to be. Yeah, check off, shave and a haircut. <laughs> we talked about was. this. And I don't know if he's hoping that Jamie is somewhere and is going to hear it or just that somebody might hear it. You know, it's a recognizable sound. So you would be like, right, oh, right, there right. are humans and it's not just random knocking. And so maybe he's hoping that somebody's going to hear it and come get him. And you flash this back to the supermarket and Jamie hears it echoing through the pipes. And she's like, oh my God, Ryan's alive. And so she jumps into the water and swims towards... What are these people just jumping well, into the, the water? Shark, the, shark. the shark is attached to the rope, which is attached to the, like, bolted down shelving units, so it can't go anywhere. They know where the shark is. Do they know there's only one shark? They're assuming there's only one shark. Yeah, that's how people get eaten by sharks. <laughs> well, there's two sharks <laughs> up above. There are two sharks. There's at least one in the parking garage. <laughs> there's, like, an unlimited supply of sharks in the supermarket. Danielle, we've already seen another shark in the parking garage. There are more than one shark in the world. There is actually a movie where they 
kill the the shark and it turns out there's another shark <laughs> i watched it recently it was pretty funny anyway so was this ghost shark no. <laughs> though i should watch that <laughs> I don't yeah, want to tell people because it's a spoiler and it's not a spoiler that we're doing for this show. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, so th- she obviously thinks Ryan alive, jumps in the water, she starts swimming away. She's not afraid of the shark because they know the shark's tied up. That's why they, she feels safe to do that. But the policeman... She's wrong. Yeah, the policeman father is, looks at Josh as like, follow her, you know, please keep her safe. And so Josh... Yes, you can protect her against okay. sharks if you've done so well at that in the past. So far, so good. And <laughs> so Josh starts to, to swim after her. Tina stops him and kisses him farewell and obviously they've made up or whatever ah steven my (laughs) friend boyfriend who just was brutally murdered (laughs) drowned to death i'm over that yep that's exactly what happens. <laughs> Tina, man, cold. Rest in peace, Ice Steven. cold. <laughs> yeah, right? Steven's a real hero. Steven and the dog. My poor Steven. So they get into the parking garage. Like, they swim through and they get through the doors, the whole thing. They get into the parking garage. And literally, as soon as they swim through, Ryan and the girlfriend are like, there's a shark! Get out of the water! Which... That isn't a dangerous thing to invite your girlfriend or strangers into, frankly. <laughs> like, hey, let me attract attention so someone will come here and then warn them when they get here about the shark. Crazy. So they, like, they're like, oh, God, shark. So they like get out of the water as quickly as they can. They make it to safety. And luckily, it's on top of Jamie's dad's car, the policeman's car. With all the guns. With all the guns. So she immediately remembers. She's like, oh, my God, this is my dad's car. There are guns in there. Let's get them. And so she attracts the shark, makes a ton of noise over on the side, and Josh dives down. And he gets a, like, a pump-action shotgun and a taser out of the car and pulls a them taser. out. taser. Okay. Interesting choice. Oh, that's just what was in the box, I think. And so he puts him on top of the car, climbs up, and he survives, obviously not getting eaten by a shark. And then it's a great scene, Sam. It's really real. It's real, really, really good. <laughs> so he does- The one the, coming up or the one he just did? The one that he's about to do. Okay. So he pumps the shotgun. I think he takes a shot at the shark, doesn't get him or something. And then he action movie star side dives into the water. Like he doesn't just jump <laughs> in the water. He like sides, almost slow motion side dives into the water. And he swims under the shark that's like coming at him. He swims under the shark and he shoots the gun through its head. Wow. And the whole like head kind of explodes. Because I guess shooting from the car wasn't going to work. <laughs> he had to go in the water. There, There are... Guns and water don't... All right. They fire. They'll fire underwater. They will fire underwater, but the bullets don't always travel at the... Like- he literally held it under the shark's chin. Okay. Like, I mean, it is under help. the shark's chin. <laughs> it's right there. This movie clearly is perfectly scientifically accurate. <laughs> yeah, they have obviously. the man breathing through a magic hose. It's great. <laughs> so, meanwhile, the shark <laughs> upstairs is trying to get free, and they all make it to the exit area, thankfully. But to see if they can try and get out, I think it's like maybe the front entrance, but it's blocked. Like it's completely everything, all the building sides and stuff had fallen down on it. And so while this is happening, the crew from the parking garage make it back up to the top. So now they're all together in the upstairs area in the grocery store. And they then decide to, there's like a car that kind of plowed into the building during the tsunami. So it's one of the things blocking the entrance and they decide to hotwire or something i uh, i don't know they open up the trunk of the car and the robber doyle he's like they're like what are you gonna do with that because they're looking at like the engine and everything he's like i'm gonna blow us away out of here 
I don't uh, know. They're, they like attach it to the electrical box that's up there or something. So they rig the car to explode? Yeah, like rig the car to some kind of electrical outlet to create an explosion, basically. Yes, that's what their plan is. And I, they do not explain it. I don't know how it works or if it actually <laughs> can get done, but that's what he's going to do. This movie takes yeah. liberties. And right as he's like figuring this out, there's another aftershock. Uh, and everything course. shakes and starts to fall down on top of them. And the screws holding the shelving unit with the shark start to come loose from the floor. Uh-oh. I know. And the shark unhooks itself. And Josh, of course, immediately notices the shark is free. And he's like, get out of the water. And so <laughs> everybody's... The third time he's yelled that. No, he's done a lot. Everybody's like climbing out of the water, trying their best to get out. Doyle's trying to set his, set the charges or whatever the heck he's doing. I charges. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> Attaching the car to the electrical unit, and which is off, obviously. And Josh, again, action stars his way up a fallen piece of building. He, like, runs up this building, grabs hold of the pipework that's above him, and he's hanging upside down like he hooks his legs and drops down so his, his head is towards the water. Uh-huh. And as the shark leaps from the water... He shoots it. He shoots the taser, the taser at the shark's nose because he tried the gun earlier. It didn't work. Sorry, I forgot that part. You didn't? That he no, sh- what? Okay, back up. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're ruining it. No, no, no. I think you're ruining it because, wait, he used a shotgun. It worked just fine on the other shark. Okay, he does. He, so the shark's coming. He pump actions it. He like does it and he goes to shoot the... The shark, and it jams. It doesn't oh, work. Okay, the gun doesn't work. Yeah, so he throws the gun to the side, and then he runs up the building, grabs the pipes. He's hanging upside down. The shark leaps from the water, and he shoots the taser at the shark's nose, and it is a slow-motion cinematic genius moment. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's like, you can follow the little plugs of the taser as it shoots out and it plants itself in the nose of the shark and the shark waves its head back and forth dramatically in the air before josh calls for doyle to he's like blow it there's a huge explosion and the entryway is open and the shark dies and josh falls from the pipe work how does the shark die because he was just i don't know i don't know if the shark dies but it definitely is out of order because it <laughs> got tased in the nose okay got tased in the like, nose. a taser doesn't kill a human usually not, not, they're not that they're safe but they usually don't kill people i don't know if it would kill a 12 foot shark lovely question but he basically it like throws the shark all off and you kind of see it float away or whatever it's doing and josh falls into the water and everybody freaks out but then he pulls himself up towards the wreckage towards the entryway and they all step into the ruins of their flooded town and tina looks at josh and says what are we gonna do now Uh-oh. and josh says start over the you end. think <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do now i give up <laughs> Well, that's a heck of a movie. Oh, man. I know. It sounds like it would be campier than it is. It's actually quite a decent movie. I would recommend people watch it if you're into shark movies. It's it's not the worst shark movie I've ever seen. That sounds I, like I, a lot of fun. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's got some really asinine decisions that the characters make, but it sounds like they're in good fun. I agree. And I like I said, I would recommend it for everybody. I watched it on IMDb TV, so it was free. So if anybody oh. wants to watch it, at least as of as of when this episode was released, it's on there. Is it in 3D on IMDb TV? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't put on my 3D glasses to see. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's great. I'm really glad you shared that with me. I might have to watch that. 
I I think you should. I, I watched uh, everybody. If Casey wanted to know, I watched Highlander after our previous episode. Oh yeah, and it was and great. It was worth it, it. It was absolutely worth it. It's amazing. So <laughs> I do suggest that you watch it, Bait. <laughs> I would watch Bait uh, as a sort of post Shark Week treat. And then we're looking forward, or I'm looking forward. I'm sure other people are looking forward to as well. He said, uh, so. "Maybe we'll see." <laughs> Your next week's episode, which is going to be a shark themed movie as well, and it is debuting during Shark Week, uh, which is even better. Well, we'll see. It's going to be hard to top this, I got to be honest. <laughs> I think you can do it. I have faith in you. Oh, let's hope. So if you're wanting to find out what our next show is, you can definitely find us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Book Retorts. And you can listen to our episodes at BookRetorts.com. Or send us a message or an email from there if you have any questions or maybe an answer to many of the questions we had in this episode. Yeah, if you've figured out how the shark cage yeah, shark thing, armor. shark armor works, like we would love an explanation. Or if you know if like trickle boxes underwater are really gonna electrocute everybody shark armor i would love to see that yes if you've made shark armor we want to see that please send that in (laughs) oh man i want to see that so bad yeah bookertorts.com everybody please please send that in if you've made shark armor definitely so until then join us next week for more weird media bye take care everybody robber yeah what is it what what there's no plot outline for that like he just is robbing the place and that's the end of the whole thing that's it that's all the information you get about the robber i gotta say i'm super glad i got that twist from the start yes i'm that was amazing good job when you said that i was like huh well <laughs> <laughs> i could write hollywood movie oh i said singaporean australia movies